curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. In this episode, I welcome in Crystal Koyak from Ronin Branding for a discussion around a new thread in the series focused on podcasting as a content medium and the possibilities inherent in building a community around the spoken word and interviews that are commonplace on a podcasting platform. Chris has a long and varied history in producing and promoting podcasts, dating back to his time at Rockford University, working for their college radio station to produce podcast and radio shows, as well as a number of other types of content. Chris sponsored and advised on multiple podcasts, including Sock Monkey Sound, which was original music and culture podcast that received national recognition and established itself as a top 10 national music and culture podcast back in 2011 for USA Today, NPR, and then for Paste Magazine in 2012. He considers himself a marketing and branding expert, but because of his broader perspective from media in addition to promotional products, I think his is a unique perspective that comes somewhat from the outside looking into our space as opposed to someone perhaps who started in our industry and then moved outward to other forms of media. So he's got a lot to offer both from a philosophy perspective around why podcasting may be something for those of you thinking about doing so to consider as your possible broadcast medium and then delving into a little bit of the ways that using what you do in podcasting can then turn into a broader, more sophisticated content campaign should you so choose to use it that way. Really interesting conversation and I think that you'll enjoy it. 
Look forward to hearing feedback from you all. Take a listen. Podcasting is an amazing way to build an audience and establish credibility as a trusted advisor, which is what every successful salesperson should be for their clients and prospects. It's much easier to work with people seeking you out than trying to convince someone why they should care about what you have to offer. As a new thread in the series, we're going to start investigating ways to use podcasting to generate sales and be the sought-after solution for the problem what you make and sell solves for your customers and prospects. To help with that topic, I welcome in Chris Wachowiak from Ronan Branding, a self-described branding investment advisor. What's up, Chris? <laughs> hey, Roger. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, no, man, I appreciate you. You know, it's funny. In the classic case of how connections and collisions have a tendency to happen <laughs> in the world today, the modern-day love story that is meeting someone <laughs> around content turning that into a personal connection. So it's welcome the opportunity as you approach me on PPAI Education Day to meet in person. And as is every social seller's forte, you offered me something on the very moment that you met me to establish the fact that you were a give first marketer. And I appreciated and recognized that you were doing that for me. And the fact that you were recording the session, you don't know actually PPAI their audio of that event actually failed. So yours is now the only actual recording of my presentation on Expo Education Day. And it was because of your choice to do so that I have that in my arsenal. So, sir, thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah. It really was that discussion, you know, and and what led up to our follow-ups, you know, after that day of you saying, I, I welcome you into my headphones, Roger, and I'm interested in what you have to say, but have you thought about this thing and that thing and this other thing? And these- <laughs> the patent pending three-step process. Exactly. The patent pending. Exactly. So um, I thought, gosh, if I'm needing to hear more about this, I'm sure there's more people beyond me that might be listening to what we have to say today. That could also benefit from what you had to share. So I wanted to bring you on and pepper you with questions and uh, come to some conclusions about how beginning podcasters or maybe what we'll call novice podcasters can step their game up. So you you good with that being the context of where we'll take the conversation today? Absolutely. But I want to start off with this, this disclaimer, this preface, I should say, that I'm sure you experience this now with your own business and brand, the hardest thing to figure out how to market is always yourself. You're so close to it. It's so easy to overlook the obvious when someone points it out to you like, oh, do you ever think about doing this? Like, uh, no, I should have because it's why not? It's so simple. I mean, it's the simplest things that are sometimes the most taken for granted. And that's really what our jobs are sometimes is help remind people some simple steps, not to overthink and complicate. You know, go back down to basics sometime. Recently completed some training by the author Donald Miller, whose whole premise is clarity of messaging and the idea behind how do you connect the person that you're communicating with in a way that they can understand what it is that you're trying to do for them. And one of the things that Don talks about pretty uh, frequently in his presentation is this thing called the curse of knowledge. And the idea is for those of us who consider ourselves high level experts in whatever it is that we do, our communication is a reflection of that high level of knowledge. So we'll say that we communicate at a level 10 out of 10. And so we know that we're trying to approach people to have them potentially do business with us. So we know that we probably need to dumb it down because they're not going to understand level 10. So Chris, we dumbed down to level six. Guess what level the person on the other end of that conversation is making decisions at? Two. 1.5 to 2. So the curse of knowledge is the space between 6 and 1.5 that we have to consider when we are approaching things like what our podcast should be doing. So thank you for being willing to help me through the curse of my own knowledge. 
Oh, absolutely. But the same thing, the same idea applies to everyone. And it doesn't, even Einstein had that quote, make things as simple as they can be, but not any simpler. Exactly. Exactly. The most complicated things can sound easy to grasp if explained correctly. Communicate on a human level, a human experience, not just in our industry without, you know, any industry can get lost in jargon. I remember my first internship, I was working for an aerospace company and they literally handed me a couple of sheets of just acronyms and jargon to start uh-huh. understanding. Fantastic. I have to learn a whole new language to work here. This is fantastic. <laughs> so let me ask you, Chris, like in your, in your estimation, you know, from your perspective and what you've seen, I know I talk a lot about your background in the space, in the open. So people have a chance to view you from the perspective of credibility. Where, where does the average podcaster start to go wrong? What, what's missing? Well, the number one thing always is the content, the value of the content. What is the content you're really providing and for what purpose? Is the purpose just to share basic knowledge of something or something you're passionate about or something that's going to possibly you know save somebody some time, add some value to their life? No matter what podcast is out there, it, content is always king. And it doesn't matter if it's your podcast, if it's your blog, email you're putting out, what are you giving and what people can take from it very easily. And the less barriers you have to exchange those two things, the faster you can get there. I have had a lot of exposure recently to the nonprofit community. The best nonprofits understand the concept of a give and an ask. And in reality, what they're looking for when they're interacting with others, vendor partner or a donor partner who has a clear understanding of what their give is and what they will ask in return. And our ability to be able to be concise with what our give might be should be a reflection of our own expertise and knowledge and background and what we find entertaining. And that should be yeah, right? There, well, there should be, but I think, so I consume a lot, a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of you know, information. I read not just books, but tons of uh, blogs and things like that. And one of the ones I follow is Simon Sinek. He has the big, you know, the why, you know, discover your why whole exchange on the idea of giving and taking. Simon Sinek is a big believer in any exchange. For an exchange to happen, you need a give and a take. Just as I gave something for a recording of your um, presentation at the PPI show, the give and take was an exchange that you've already given me content that I've gotten uh, and I've appreciated through listening to your podcast. I think you find sometimes that in order to create an exchange and then you have to pay it forward. Either you, then you pass it on and give it to somebody else. So there's a giving and a taking, or you find an exchange of, I gave you some content and now you're finding a way to give some content back. Like there's always this give and take exchange. And if I were to stop at one person giving and then one person receive it, I mean, really there is no exchange and just stop. And it happens on the, you can say the spiritual level to the physical level. You can't have one without the other. Now, the crazy thing to remember is just because you took it from someone doesn't mean you have to give back to that same source you gave it to. It can be paid forward, especially in the not-for-profit world. And it keeps the process going. If we're trying to do it to the best of our ability, the notion of it having been paid forward should be the value unto itself and really with no expectation of something coming back in the form of a return. And yet, when you give yourself over to that philosophy of not particularly being concerned about what you will get in return, (laughs) the riches that seem to find their way back to you are just so enormous. If you continue to fill the space with that contribution in a way that meant is meant to make the world better, ends cool. up having a way to, of blossoming, you know? <laughs> you gave me a heads up and told me to listen to your last podcast with Mark Schaefer. Was that his? And his whole idea of the consumer is now becoming the marketer for you. I mean, it really ties in this whole philosophy. 
And I think he's spot on with you're building a community, you're building awareness. And if people you're potentially selling to have nothing to give and share with somebody else, you really have nothing anymore to sell. Like they are, it is a whole new way of marketing, a whole new way of doing business because it relationships really. You're relying now on people connecting with the service, the product you're able to provide and make sure that they can then grasp it, understand it, and then experience or share it that's the great thing about things like this you know you need multiple multiple mediums and multiple ways to get it out there and into people's busy everyday lives that are over consumed you name it from streaming services to you know netflix to your tv to your radio i mean there's so many sources for information to bombard you how do you get your marketing message if not by someone you trust by you know a friend and to me content but more specifically podcasting i guess blogging could serve this purpose. I mean, it's really anything that you're going to produce and share with some frequency and regularity, regardless of the way you're going to do it or how you're going to do it, what place you're going to host it on. The notion of that, where I see it hold the most value is in those instances after I've had an interaction with someone for the first time. It gives me the chance to give to that person a way for them to continue to learn about me that lives on beyond that original interaction that we may, we may have had, however brief or long it was. So if we have a conversation, I sound even remotely intelligent to you and you are interested in what I've had to say, you don't have to wait until the next opportunity for us to have a personal interaction for you to go find out more about where I come from, my philosophy and methodology of the ways that I like to try to approach my relationships. You have the opportunity to be very well versed on what it would be like doing business with me by virtue of all of that. And if there's no other value, there's no other measurable, if there's no other KPI that we assign, I can point to the amount of listens that I have on the platform during specific periods of time in relationship to those interactions that I'm having. So for instance, we just came from PPAI and I had the opportunity to present. You were there to see it. The podcast listenership has grown significantly since that event. It has directly related to the fact that there was a personal interaction between me and a number of people in, those, in that room who maybe hadn't had a chance to interact with my content before. They heard what I had to say. I passed the intelligence test in their mind <laughs> to some minimal degree. And now by virtue of that, I'm hearing and seeing more listens of, of the content that I've created. But if I hadn't done the work leading up until the opportunity to have that presentation, then there wouldn't be this additional opportunity for that kind of reaction to occur. Let's jump right into the based around the content creation you're doing currently through this podcast. The the information, the knowledge that you're creating through here can easily be transcribed and put into part of a blog. You're recording a video right now, but people can't see it, obviously. The thing to remember and keep in your mind is just because you consume one way doesn't mean that all your audience can consume this way. But since you've already created this content and you're doing it through this medium, how much more work would it be to take this meat and bones and interject it into these other mediums? Like have a quick little video snippets and put it on a YouTube page you know, put some little snippets into a written form so people can consume it, can't listen to a podcast in that moment, or they can't watch a YouTube video. Right. Or that's just a preference. You know, the work's already been done, the content's already been created. As you're putting this content out there, 
you're going to be viewed more and more often as an expert. And you're now going to get increased chance or likelihood that you'll be invited to speak at different events. You know, whether it be our industry or different industries, the content and the information you're providing crosses those barriers of not just promotional products, but anybody in sales, you know, so you think you're in sales. And so often we, we sell to other salespeople, uh, other marketings. The message and the value provide isn't limited just to this one industry. You, you're, say, you're saying it, man, you know, and when you presented it to me that way, it was a bit of a thunderclap of like, oh my God, what I'm missing out on from SEO to email, newsletter, like there's so many other avenues by just transcribing the spoken word that we've been being so careful to record over the course of the last two years. So yeah, and and not only that, but trends and analysis, you know, going back through those discussions and gleaning insights that come from not my perspective, but from the perspectives of the people that have joined us on the podcast and their collective voice around ways to stand out as salespeople in the world today, because let's face it, it is a difficult, costly and time consuming effort. And it's not very clear to anyone exactly what it is that we're all supposed to be doing in a way that would be the right mix. You know, the more that we can continue to dissect that as a discipline, I think the better we will all become as salespeople along the way. And mine really is meant to be as much of anything as a way for the community to start to work together Mm -hmm. and consume that idea as a group problem solving effort, as opposed to each of us trying to have to solve it on our own. Now, I want to also give you this thought of don't be overwhelmed. There are multiple opportunities out there of how you can transcribe it and then turn into a book, turn into a blog, you know, whatever it is you want to do. The problem is you can go down so many different rabbit holes and which one you go down kind of first, which ones you prioritize. And it's hard to um, sometimes put that pressure on yourself or just pull that trigger. Even for myself, like the reason I haven't done podcasting since I left Rockford College or Rockford University was because I knew how much work it takes. (laughs) And I had staff there to help do all the work and pushing out for me i knew even then like you know how to do the youtube and i had youtube channels and we had at that time some you know good subscriber amounts but it required constant attention and you weren't always able to also see the results of it you know from all this labor of love you were doing you don't know who's consuming you don't know who's sharing it if you don't control your content where you're hosting it or putting it and creating these trackable links, it makes it even harder to say, is anybody even listening to me? Am I, am I all alone out here in podcast world? Well, and and the, the notion of it, it can seem daunting. And, and here we are, you know, getting towards the tail end of what we want to tell people. And now we've just suggested to everyone that it is a, a sizable amount of activity in order to pull it off. So one, don't be afraid of that. What I needed to come to the realization of, and it took me probably four months before I came to the realization of, it's a sales activity and it needs to be scheduled into your calendar just like any other sales activity. And you have to be dedicated to not allowing anything else to rob you of creating new episodes, writing questions that are somewhat smart to ask people so that they have something that they want to say that's compelling in return and getting more and more accustomed to the process of doing that is just through repetition. And I've said it over and over and over again, once it becomes a regular part of your day or your week, then I actually come to look forward to it, even though it does take a fair amount of effort to do it. And like you said, you're never exactly sure how much or how far what you're doing is going, but I do it more for the value in the relationships that I create as a result of the interviews that I'm uh, doing as much as anything. So you guys have a little bit of faith too, because I mean, look, this interaction is happening because you didn't know I was listening, but you found me because I was listening. And 
there's going to be more relationships, more people you help and more people you, you enlighten with opportunities that they never once saw because of this medium. So one, Roger is going to go get all of his stuff transcribed so that I have a whole, can you imagine the just loads of content I'm going to get back in return? Like how exciting <laughs> is that? I'm that, that by and of itself, I'm super excited, but for me, for the novice podcaster, for the person out there who might want to decide, all right, I'm sufficiently intrigued. What would be the first like first little baby step you would encourage someone to take on that journey towards arriving on the other side as a podcaster? First thing I would say, share something of value, obviously, you know, share something that you have some either intimate knowledge of or intimate experience with that you think, huh, that'd be a little pearl nugget of wisdom that someone else would enjoy hearing. A good way of testing it is make, see if your significant other enjoys hearing the story, you know, if it bores them, there's a good chance it'll bore other people. <laughs> or uh, if it's so industry specific though, that, you know, of course it's going to bore them because it's such a niche thing, then that's okay too, because it's okay to have a very niche market. And that, in fact, that's, that's my specialty is I believe in, you know, aiming for that 1% of something versus the hundred percent of everything. That's wholehearted. You can't be everybody's everything. So be something special that you can identify with. And then you can also explain to somebody else the, the people or the personality or the interest level that might engage in it. If you can carve that out, you have a better chance. Oh, couple. That's really insightful. So going back to Mark Schaefer, his book prior to Marketing Rebellion is this book called Known. And he suggests that if you'd like to understand where you may have an opportunity, Google a topic and get it to the point where you can get 100,000 or less search results in the topic. And mm. therein lies what he calls a niche or a niche if Mark Graham is on the phone. So uh, Mr. Schaefer's little mantra is there's riches in the niches. Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay. being, being seen as, so I guess point being like, if you feel like, Oh my God, what I'm into is so out there. It's so goofy. It's so weird. No one's going to get it. You actually have a better opportunity to be successful than if it's something like if I'm into pro football. Okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm into wide receivers on NFL teams who are five, seven and under historically, and I can name all of them to you. <laughs> okay. Now you have a niche, my friend. It's just a matter of thinking about what you're into and what makes what you have to say something that would be interesting. And to your point, like, it's all in the stories. We all have stories. What stories are you telling? We're yeah. all telling them. And when you figure out what the stories are you're telling, tell the ones that get the best reaction and figure out more ways to tell that story. And remember, best reaction can be thought-provoking. It can make you uncomfortable. It can make you excited. It, don't limit the emotion to the, the things that you want to share. I can't wait to see what we get in the form of feedback from this go around. And we will definitely see if we might promote it, Chris, in a way that might engender a larger than normal reaction from the listenership, given our newfound attempts to want to try to make it a we discussion, as opposed to it being more passive people listening to me and guys like you and girls that come on and tell us about topics that people might be interested in. So we're hoping to maybe, as you said to me, poke the bear in a way that perhaps might agitate some more discussion out there. So Chris, man, thanks for coming on on a Monday. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to our next chat. So there you have it. I thought that was a great episode. And on the advice of my good friend, 
he suggested that I end my episodes going forward with a plea for all of you to subscribe. So please subscribe iTunes, SoundCloud, all the ordinary places where you would find a podcast. I've been told with some better subscriber statistics, there may be some even better rewards awaiting all of us in the future. So please, by all means, go on out there to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and give us your confidence of adding us to those podcasts that you actually subscribe to. Thank you for your effort. And until next time.